Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. All right, let's see if I can read some of this. Judges chapter 16, verse 4 says, Afterwards it happened that he loved a woman, and the he he's talking about here is Samson, in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. Somebody say Delilah. Delilah was an interesting woman. We're going to talk a little bit about that chick. I might get a little ghetto today, but that, would that be all right? All right, good. I'm comfortable that way. And the lords of the Philistines came to Delilah and said to her, Entice him and find out where his great strength lies, and by what means we may overpower him, that we may bind him to afflict him, and every one of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. The lords of the Philistines was about five of them, so we're talking about 5,500 pieces of silver. That girl would have been set for life. Hello, somebody. That's all I'm going to read right there. I want to bring a point. Here and then I, I'll go right into this. The Philistines said to Delilah, they said, entice him to find out where his strength lies. Now, I don't know about you. When I read the word of God, uh, I see pictures. How many of you like that? I thought I was dysfunctional, but I come to find out that's anointing. <laughs> At least that's what I'm trying to tell myself. <laughs> Praise God. Well, that's an anointment right there. So, so when I read the Bible, I see pictures, and it, and it helps me because as I read, I put myself in the story. And believe it or not, I get to see, I get a panoramic view of what's actually going on. Uh, and if you put yourself in the story, you, you see what's going on, you, you, it's hot, you're in the desert, you hear the noises, you smell the smells, you know, all of that good stuff. And you, you'll see more than you've ever seen before. Now, this particular word, the lords of the Philistines said to Delilah, entice him so that we can find out where his great strength lies. Now, how many of you have ever seen a, 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 a so-called portrait of uh, Samson? Is he stocky, built, look, look good looking brother, right? It's just, that's my good God. Let make most men go, man, that ain't real. Because we don't have all that, right? You know, so, so we're like, yeah, that's fakery right there. You know, that's just, that's Photoshop. So, now, I don't believe that's how he looked. Because if he looked that way, why would they ask where his strength came from? If you look like a big old buff rascal, then I already know you're going to be strong. But if you look like Pee Wee Herman and you picking up doors and gates, and slinging them around the whole city, then you got to look at that little rascal and go, what? What? Where's he getting all the strength, that little puny? Now, that's just John Lawton's interpretation because I'm thinking, because when I put myself in the story and I see somebody big and buff, I already know that brother's strong. But if you got some little guy like me picking up stuff like that, you go, man, there's something going on with that guy. We got to figure out where that strength is coming from. And we know that a man's greatest weakness is usually women. So the lords of the Philistines said, entice this brother because he might be strong in strength, but I know he's weak in his emotions. Come on, somebody. Come on, guys. Can't nobody hurt you like a woman. Y'all need me to go on up in there? I'll go up in there if you want me to. All right, since I didn't get a good amen, I'm going to go ahead on up in there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, did I get a good amen? All right, then I'll move on. I'll roll on. Y'all almost, <laughs> y'all almost got on up in there with me then. <laughs> so let me get on with the word. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 says, Bad company corrupts good morals. Listen, saints, we are the product of our surroundings, including those in our lives. We must be careful not to allow relationships to pull us and tear us away from the church or away from God. This kind of mixture would cause us to have divided loyalties, and God would not tolerate being second. I'm telling you that right now. 
So I put something out on Facebook. I just put it out there before I came out of my office. I just felt led because the Lord gave me this. I'm going to just read it verbatim. It says, I wonder how many people will be honest enough to admit that they have allowed the gifts of God to sit on a throne in their hearts rather than God himself. The very moment you make excuses to equate the two is the moment you expose your complete depravity and absence of God. The moment you try to just say, oh, well, aren't they the same thing? No. God gave you a gift, but that gift is not to replace him in your heart. God is to always be on the throne of your heart. Therefore, if you put the gifts on the throne of your heart, you would be driven by gifts. And guess what? You can be driven by gifts and drift away from God. Let me let that sink in for a second. So the question is, does God really have a throne in your heart? Do you really put him first? Uh, is it your gift? All right, okay, y'all, I got a good mm and an amen, so I guess I better move on. All right, check this out. What am I? There is an organism that is known for latching on to its host and exploits it for valuable resources necessary for its survival. That organism is known as a what? Boy, that thing is a parasite right there. Now, this is a parasite. Parasite usually gains all the benefit of the relationship by getting satisfied itself, but the host suffers. Let me say that one more time. A parasite gains all the benefit of the relationship, but the host suffers. And unfortunately, there are some parasitic relationships, even in the church, that you might be involved in that people are draining you of your valuable resources, your vitality, your energy, and you don't even realize it. Now, let me, let me just see if I can make this, bring this home for a second. You can almost tell when somebody is in a dysfunctional, parasitic relationship. They are drained. They look uh, disheveled, <laughs> like they can't get themselves together, don't, don't, don't put themselves together. They're just like, they're just like beat down. Somebody know what I'm talking about here. And unfortunately, parasitic relationships, uh, the other person who drains that person is usually giving them some words that are not nice. They're usually critical, they're usually cynical, and they're usually sharp. And if you don't watch it, you will get involved in a relationship like that, and you will get stuck, not thinking that you can get out, but you can but that host will th make you think that you can't do any better. Hmm. A couple of people in here right now, you're either in a relationship like that or you've been in one recently. And you're still asking yourself, what did I do to get in it? There are times when even Christians will look around and go, how in the world did I get in this place? How in the world did I wind up pregnant at this age? How in the world did I give up the most precious thing to that person who dogged me out like that? Am I in the right house? I know you're processing. I know you are. You should be. Because even those who claim to be great men and women of God can get caught up in bad relationships. So let me roll on to what I talked about two weeks ago. We're going to go through this pretty fast, and I think you'll catch all of it. First of all, Samson, he got tied up with this Philistine woman. That was actually his wife. And let me just kind of paraphrase so that we can catch all of this, but there's something I want to pull out. He went to the Philistines, and you know for a Hebrew that was not the place to go because God forbid all of the Hebrews to marry outside of the Hebrew culture, and that had nothing to do with racism. It had everything to do with holiness. Um, and, and so I, I, I don't agree with people who try to post stuff and say things that, that uh, God don't want black people to marry white people or white people marry black people uh, marry outside of your race. I believe you marry who you want, who you love, who you, who you fall in love with, right? And so, so it doesn't matter about the cultures because we all bleed the same color. Amen? And so, uh, and by the way, you, you, you're going to have a hard time in heaven. So if, if, if you got a racial bone in your body, I plan to step on it. 
because there, there is no place for racism in the house of God. I, I don't play the racial card. I know for sure I'm black. I know for sure I grew up in, in a ghetto fabulous place. And I know for sure I got out. I know for sure that I have dealt with racism to my face in Alabama. I know what it feels like. But I am not going to be here to purport that somehow I'm bound to racism. I'm much bigger than that, and so are you. And so what I would rather choose to focus on is how big God is. I would rather choose what God has done in my life to deliver me from racism because I was one of the biggest racists. Oh, y'all didn't know they were going to be big black racists? Oh, there's a lot of them. Amen. I was one of them. I got delivered. See, when you get saved, I'm talking about when the Holy Spirit really comes in. I'm not talking about you say a little prayer and, <laughs> and I think I'm saved. No, no. When you get delivered. I'm talking about the real deal. I mean, when the Holy Ghost comes in and you, you, he just reveals everything and cleanses you. See, 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 some of us need to be roto-rooted. We still got a lot of stuff packed up in there that we got to get out, right? And only the Holy Ghost, a good dose of the Holy Ghost can get that stuff out of you, right? Uh, no, no amount of church fakery is going to help you. I don't care how many times you fall out in the floor. I don't care nothing about people falling out in the floor. What I care about is you getting delivered. Hello, somebody. Because the anointing is real whether you fall out in the floor or not. And it is the anointing that breaks the yoke. And so you got to be anointed. Talent won't break a yoke. Good preaching won't break yokes. Good singing won't break yokes. You got to have an anointing to break the yoke. And you can't have an anointing unless you got the real power of the Holy Spirit. And we got to get back to talking about being full of the spirit. And what we're raising up is a church full of heathens who think they are saved. So this is why God said, don't marry outside of this group. It would be as if you're saved, you full of God, but you want to marry a heathen. Somebody who can't get you to your next level. Don't even know anything about God, but you want to do missionary dating. Oh, I love him. I'm going to bring him up to my level. No, honey. You ain't bringing that brother up. He's going to bring you down. That's why you don't have come to church now. Oh, am I talking to somebody up in here? You know your butt ain't getting up at church if he's laying there in your bed. See, see, Jatana said you're right. <laughs> Can I keep it real up in here? I'm going to keep it real anyway. And so, so here it is. It's tight, but it's right, and y'all know it. And so here, here's the reality of it. And they're saying, well, you know, I, I was taught. No, you just didn't get up out of that bed because he was laying next to you. Hello? Can we be honest about this today? Now, listen, listen. I do understand about loneliness with singles. I, 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 don't, I, I, I don't try to make light of that at all. I thank God I'm married. I would not want to be single. Good gracious of life, I wouldn't want to be single right now. I, I, I don't even know how y'all handle it. It's the struggle is real, ain't it, JC? Just, the struggle is real, praise God. <laughs> and, and it's hard to be single, saved, and serious, praise God. And so, 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 so y'all see that little plug there? Y'all like that? <laughs> Brandon, I love that one right there, right, Jennifer? <laughs> And so it, it is hard, and I don't make light of that. But listen, you cannot compromise on your standards Amen. and give up the most anointed and precious thing that a woman has to somebody who don't respect you in the first place. Because if he respected you, he wouldn't even ask of it in the first place without putting a ring on it. Amen. Yes, I know it's good. Praise God. I'm going to preach it anyway. If he ain't put a ring on it, why are you giving it up? Amen. Hello? Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love you. Well, prove it. You stay with me, and I'm going to keep it on lockdown. You're going to do what? Yes. Do you love me now? Come on, come on, come on. Love will give you a ring. Lust will give you a condom. Now, you know you're in covenant, right? You know... I'm going to get right on up in there. Y'all come up in church with all that church fakery. Got up out of the bed, had sex with somebody. It wasn't even your husband. You come to church talking about praising the Lord. 
on the choir, flipping and slipping all around the pulpit, and we know we're not holy. We ain't been with no God. All you got is, is, is spiritual entrepreneurship parading around the pulpit, thinking that they are anointed, but they're just talented. And you might leave the church with your emotions tantalized, but you won't be pregnant with the will of God. Oh, but y'all going to make me preach something up in here today. But I am sick and tired of people just going to church service after service after service. They go to this service and they go that anointed service. They go to this anointed service instead of breaking down and fasting and praying and have service in your own house, in the privacy of your own house. And say, God, I want you to change me before I go anywhere else and allow somebody else to lay hands on me. Somebody know what I'm talking about today. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time for us to change and get free of all of this mixture. That's in our lives today. And this Samson, this Samson got hooked up with this Philistine woman. And let me tell you something. This, this brother was so in love with her, he married her. And check this out. Now, let me give you this story, then I'm going to give you the riddle. He, he was walking to Timnah, and there was a lion that came out. Now, he killed this. He just, come on, man. He, we're not talking about a kitty cat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're talking about a lion. This brother took a lion and just, just ripped that rascal apart and went on about his business. Well, he came back the next day, and there was honey and bees in the lion, so he took some of the honey, ate it, he revived, gave some to his parents. I just want to paraphrase. I'll go back and read the story in, in Judges because i got another point to give you. So the men of Timnah, he gave them the riddle. Let me give you the riddle. The riddle is this. He said, out of the eater came something to eat. And out of the strong came something sweet. Out of the eater, the lion, came something to eat. And out of the strong came something sweet. The honey was something sweet. Now, the fascinating thing about this riddle is, is a story in the story. So let me give you a scripture. Write this down. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. See, the finished work of the cross defeated the devil who comes to attack us like a roaring lion. And if we resist him and stay steadfast fast in the faith, God will turn what was meant for evil for our good. So in other words, what came to attack you, if you stay steadfast and defeated, that area of attack will become sweet to your spirit. Why? Because now you just defeated the enemy in a place where the enemy wanted to defeat you. So in other words, like Joseph said, what you meant for evil, God turned it for my good. Come on, somebody. And so at the point where you were ready to give up, it created you to be a worshiper. At the point where you thought you were going to lose your mind, it turned you into a prayer warrior. Come on, somebody. See, that's what happened to me. So at the point when God says, I want to take you to another level, I didn't realize that it had to be something that I had to go through in my life like cancer. But that place where the enemy thought he had me. What the enemy meant for evil, God turned it for my good. Why? Because it made me more tenacious about God, and I learned that God is not just a savior, but he's a healer. And I know it for myself because I can feel God inside my body. And now I can testify how good God is. I don't have to tell you that he's good in your life. I can tell you he's good in mine. Come on, somebody. So at the point where the enemy thought he had you, and you defeat him, that becomes a sweet spot. Yeah. Come on, somebody. And now every time the enemy tries to remind you about that area. Listen, let me help you out. Every time the enemy tries to remind you of what he tried to do to you, you remind him of what Jesus did to yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Send a little reminder say, yeah, but you already defeated Mm -hmm. You all come on. Somebody say he's already defeated. He's already. So listen, you don't have to hype him up. He's already defeated. Yes. He's all come on. He's already defeated. The enemy can't do anything to you unless you allow him. 
Can I help you out, saints of God? Can I just empower you for a second? Stop blaming the devil for stuff. The devil, the devil has no energy, he has no power, he has nothing over you. As a, now, if you're not a Christian, that ain't talking to you. But if you are a Christian, I'm talking about Christ-like. I'm not talking about you just go to church. Because a lot of people go to church think they're Christians. Because people say, are you a Christian? I go to church. That don't make you a Christian. Are you a Christian? I go to that church. That don't make you a Christian. I, you a Christian? That's my pastor. That don't make you a Christian. I don't care who your church is or your pastor. Do you know Jesus for yourself? People want to tell me where they go to church. I don't care where you go to church. Because I can plainly see you ain't listening. And we need to stop blaming pastors for these dysfunctional Christians. Pastors doing the best they can. If you don't get it, you just don't get it. Hello, somebody. I want to I I just pray over all of our pastors. I don't put my mouth on pastors. They're doing the best they can. I am a pastor. I know how hard it is. I know how difficult it is to give everything you got to somebody and they walk away from you. I know what it feels like. I understand that. And if you've been in ministry any length of time, you know it too. So, no, you need, we need to use words to build up our pastors. Listen, if you don't quite agree with what they're preaching, just keep your mouth closed. Hello? Maybe the problem is you ain't praying enough for them. Mm-hmm. You see how that felt right then? You saw, did you feel that? Let, let me go ahead and preach some more. I don't like the way y'all looked at me then. Y'all looked at me. Pastor, you ain't supposed to be turning this against me. Shoot. <laughs> so listen, Samson cussed them out in Hebrew because what happened was, <laughs> somebody say what had happened was, see what had happened was this wife of his convinced him to share the riddle with her. She shared the riddle with the men and the men exposed the answer. So this woman that was supposed to have been his wife, whom he should have trusted, was untrustworthy. So he was in the wrong relationship, and he was robbed by it. Hello, somebody. So listen, so he cussed him out in Hebrew. Y'all want to know what he said? Mm. Y'all sure y'all want to know? It's in the Bible, so I'm going to say it. This is what he said. If you had not plowed with my heifer. <laughs> This sounds like something I would have said <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> Glory to God. If you had not plowed, this is in the Bible. If you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have solved my riddle. Y'all know what he's saying? In, in other words, if you... And I, I was looking at the Septuagint. The Septuagint is a, um, it's a, the, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, because the Old Testament is written in what? Hebrew. Hebrew okay? So in the Septuagint, it, it talks, it's Greek. And then also in Latin, what that really means is it has the same meaning of infidelity. When they use terms, you plowed with my heifer. <laughs> that just, oh God, when I read that, I was just, that, was, that just tickled my soul. I don't know why, that's just funny. Hey, line. Anybody else feel that? I do it. That, and, am I not sanctified enough? I'm not. I just think that's funny. I ain't lying. Y'all, who, who don't? Y'all so serious. That's funny. Come on, man. If you had not plowed with my helper, y'all wouldn't. I know I wouldn't say that today because Elena killed me. Y'all be, y'all be, you know, y'all, I'll be coming in here all bruised up asking for prayer, but, but Samson, that should have been a clue for him about watching relationships in his life, but it didn't. When he got back, they had actually given his wife to his best man. So I don't know about you, but for any man, when, when you get hurt like that by a woman, it messes you up. And so I know it messed him up because the next time we see Samson, he tied himself up with a hoochie. Well, the Bible calls her a harlot. A harlot is a modern-day ghetto hoochie. Okay, now y'all know what I'm talking about. A harlot is a hoochie. A hoochie is a harlot. Harlot in Greek is a hoochie in Hebrew. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. And so, he, so emotionally, Samson was messed up in the areas because he, he still longed for that affirmation. 
And so he tied himself up with a hoochie. And guess what? He, he was laying in the bed with the girl. He jumps up out of the bed and grabbed two big gates because they were coming to kill him. How do you jump up out of bed like that? Man, he just woke up strong. All right, some of y'all think about that later. So anyway, I don't know. I, maybe I'm because I'm over 50. I, just, I don't know. But, but listen, the brother... <laughs> <laughs> and so the brother woke up with these gates, man, just strong, right? So now, something should have told him that women, bro, you just need to watch the women that's in your life, right? And then the next scene, we see him with Delilah. Now, I don't know if you know much about Delilah, but this chick was not his friend. She was not his Friday night creep. This chick was an assassin. She was an annihilator. This chick didn't want to play with him. She wanted to kill him. But yet, Samson was drawn to the thing that was killing him. I don't know what it is about stuff in people's lives, but they are drawn to the thing that's killing them. You probably know people like that. You can see in their life, you know, you need to stop what you're doing. It's killing you. Oh, but I'm drawn. See, an addiction is like Delilah. See, an addiction draws you in, it pulls you in, and it sucks the life out of you. That's an addiction. It'd be a sexual addiction or, or heroin or crack cocaine or females or men. It is an addiction. Some people don't know how to get free from an addicted life. And when people try to tell them stuff, they said, don't you be judging me. I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Somebody said, mm-hmm. And so this Delilah, this Delilah, she was, a, she was interesting because what she did was she would lie to him, and then she would get mad at him when he lied to her. But li- this is interesting. Let me get to this point. What's interesting about the whole situation is the way he got, she got him was when he laid his head in her lap. Lord Jesus. Man of God, be careful where you lay your head. She stroked his little ego, and he gave up the one thing he never should have given up the place where his strength lies. She told the men that came in and cut his hair, and the Bible says that he was not, that he was like other men. Let me tell you something, saints. When you lose your God-given anointing, you are just like other men. That's why you got to guard what's sacred in your life. Don't let anyone or anything remove you from the presence of God. I'm listening. Listen to me very carefully here. It's worth it to defy people to stay close to God. It hurts initially because you love them or you like them very much, but they still may not be good for you. So this is how you know. I'm going to go through these real quick, and then I'm going to give you the practical part, and we're done. So this is it right here. If the person you're connected to is guided by their own greed, Delilah was guided by those 5,500 pieces of silver. She was guided by her own greed. She didn't even care that the man loved her. She did not even care. See, sometimes, saints of God, the devil will show you something. Oh, Hallelujah. And he will make it glitter because it's nothing but bait. Let me ask you something. See, see how many fishermen I got in the house? Just two or three. So, so like a fisherman, a fisherman, you can, you, can, you can claim to be the best fisherman ever. But until you actually throw your rod out there and pull some fish into the boat, won't nobody believe it. Now, just because you throw your rod out doesn't mean you're going to pull any fish in. 
Hello, somebody. So something has to be on the end of that rod. So there has to be something called bait. Now listen to this carefully because this is going to help somebody. It doesn't matter how that bait wiggles and glitters. If the fish isn't hungry, <laughs> then the fish is not going to bite. So it can wiggle, it can be pretty, but if the fish isn't hungry, the fish is not going to bite. Listen, the devil knows your bait. Let me tell you, the Bible says it like this. Every man is tempted by his own lust. So you can't say that the devil tempted me or the devil made me do it. No, listen to the scripture in James. Every man is drawn away by his or her own lust. So in other words, whatever your appetite is, that's what you're drawn by. If you don't have an appetite for a certain kind of woman, you're not eating. So the devil knows your appetite, but he can't make you come. He's just going to present something out there because he knows you're hungry. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and so when you're hungry, then your appetite is going to be drawn for what you're hungry for. Let me give you a natural example of a spiritual reality. If you just keep eating sweets, your body is going to desire what? More sweets. Why? Because what you give it, that's what it desires. So now you save, sanctify, fill with the Holy Ghost, and now all of a sudden, you think your appetite is going to change. Your appetite only changes if you change what you eat. So when you start eating on the word of God, going to church, praying, fasting, worshiping, then your appetite changes for what you're giving your body. Delilah only gave Samson what he wanted. He wanted to be stroked. And she robbed him of the anointing because she was guided by her greed. Number two. Fake with her feelings. This woman didn't love Samson. Come on. She was his assassin. She was willing to do everything for their 5,500 pieces of silver. I wonder if you know anybody that's in a relationship and they're tied to the relationship because of money. <laughs> and they will even make excuses. And you know the truth. You're like, no, girl. You just like that house you're living in. The one you hate. The one that you've left blood streaks all over the house. And you bragging about, but see, he loves me. No, baby, he don't love you. Love wouldn't put his hands on you. Can I get real today? Love would cherish you. See, the Bible says that a man should love his wife like he loves his own flesh. Hello, bless you. Yes. <laughs> see, see, the Bible says no man hateth himself. So, an abuser is not really abusing the person. He's abusing himself. Right. See, most abusers are self-haters. So they can't love you because they don't know how to love them. Can I help somebody? And you got to recognize when a person is selfish. And you got to make sure you recognize it before you get your hearts wound up into that relationship. And now you think you are in love. He texts me 50 times a day. Let me tell you something. That ain't love. Ooh, he just loves me. That is not love. Let me help somebody in here. That brother, if you got, if that brother has time to text somebody 50 times a day, he ain't working. First of all, he lied to you about working. He's not working because how in the world you got time to text somebody 50 times a day? That is not love. He's not checking on you, boo. That brother is controlling. He wants to know where you are. And I'm helping somebody in here today. Praise God. I hope I'm helping somebody. They fake with their feelings. They tell you anything to get into your, I almost said something else. 
britches. <laughs> I almost got real ghetto then. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. Come on, ladies. Fellas. If you're not ready to take care of her, leave her alone. And listen, I don't believe in no step nothing. There ain't no stepchildren. You marry that woman, those are your kids. You marry that man, those are your children. Ain't no step. If it's a step, step off. If you can't treat that person's children like yours, you don't need to be with them. There is no step in the kingdom of God. Jesus doesn't call you a stepchild. He said, you're mine. I've adopted you and given you my anointing. I call you my very own. Ain't no step. Better step off, bruh. Hello, am I helping somebody? This ain't even in my message. I'm just talking. Can I just talk for a minute? Because there's some people caught up in relationships they wish they can get out. But let me move on. Use your weaknesses to wound you. Now, now, hold on. Let me, let me get real good and uh, clear here. Now, in marriages, we do that anyway. Let me just say that. Don't we, boo? We, we injure each other because we know each other. I know her buttons, and bless God, she knows mine. <laughs> yes, she knows mine very well. And sometimes we fuss at each other, you know, walk out of the room, st- I, me, usually. That's what men do. <laughs> we leave the area. We go to the room, close the door, we pout. I pout. I'm just being honest with you. I pout. I ain't lying. I pout in a minute. I'm like, shoot, I ain't talking to you right now. I'm going to my room, close the door, wham. <laughs> and I hear in the back, don't be slamming that door. <laughs> we ain't slamming doors up in this house. <laughs> hey, you know what I do? I only let her hear me. And tell me I slam the door. But I want to slam the door. Who are you talking to? I slam in the door up in this house. <laughs> I don't let her hear that though, right? Tell <laughs> me, I slam every door up in this mug. <laughs> and my dog Judah looking at me like, <laughs> you want me to go tell her? No, bro. Come on up in here. <laughs> amen I'm glad y'all can laugh in the house of God amen praise God y'all laughing at my stuff I don't know why y'all laughing at my stuff <laughs> amen listen this is it let me give you five of these and we're, let's go home um, I want to talk about indicators you are being robbed by a wrong relationship and this is the pragmatic part of the message I feel like this is important um, because you may know someone that's in a relationship like this or, or, or it might be the person in your seat. So let's, let's, let's look at this, and some of y'all will get that when you go home. I know it. You're being robbed by wrong relationships. You feel the need to change who you are to make other people happy. You might be, being, you might be getting robbed right now. Let me just give you what I wrote here. It is a definite problem when you find yourself molding your values, your opinions, and even your clothing style to suit other people. Who am I talking to today? Now, I'm gonna share about a relationship I knew, Menelaine knew, of a person out here years ago. And one of the things that this person was doing was he dictated what his wife should wear. I mean, down to the clothes, the shoes, makeup, I mean, everything. And if it wasn't right, he made her go back in the house and change until he was happy with what. Now, these were people in the church. So I ain't talking about people in the world. I'm talking about people in the church. And we both said, let's just see how long that's going to last. Because at some point, she's going to look at him and go, I'm not doing it. And it might be, I don't know, but. (laughs) 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 And then she might have to cook some grits, like, you know. Pull a deal on that rascal. <laughs> and Al Green. <laughs> love and happiness. <laughs> well, grits will make you fall in love, eh, Lord? <laughs> hey. <laughs> so, see, that's what happens when you have a pastor. 
that haven't been in church all my life, see. I still got all that old world in me, amen. <laughs> and so when, when this happened, and at some point she just got sick and tired of it, right? Listen, I, I mean, it's, it's a different thing. I, I like to see my wife dress nice. I like to buy her stuff. I like to buy her shoes. I, I'll buy everything on her body. I don't care. If I, if I don't know the size, I find it out and I buy it. I don't care because I like, I like my woman to look good because she is an expression of who I am. So when I come in the house and she comes in, people go, good gracious. How in the world that rascal get her? <laughs> yeah, I know you're trying to figure that out. I buy her stuff. Because <laughs> her love language is gifts. And I know her love language, right? And I feel her love tank. And she feels mine. Mine is affirmation. And so, so, so I like buying her stuff. And I want her to look good. I don't dictate to her what she wears or how she should wear her hair or her makeup. I just want her to look good. Now, can I help somebody out? Can the lady say amen? amen. Le- <laughs> what? Uh, you got to hear it first. <laughs> See, Jatana have learned. Don't just get that brother an amen. You don't know what he's getting ready to say. See, she's been around me a long time. She's like, y'all, y'all been not giving him no amen right now. I got to hear what that brother's getting ready to say. So, so, so ladies, 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 can the ladies say amen? amen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> okay, ladies, listen, 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 because we got to go. So listen, um, when, please do something to look good. Okay, so, all right. So single ladies, I'll talk to you in a second, but married women, do something, fix yourself up, especially if, 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 if you're at home and you know your husband been at work. When he comes home, listen, I work in Uptown. Some of the most beautiful women you ever want to see works in Uptown. I work at a bank. They're going to dress nice. They smell good. They be trying to throw the sisters up on my desk, but I ain't interested. Y'all know the sisters. I got a question. You better get up off my desk. I know that. You're going to ask, my, you're gonna ask that question standing up straight. Because I know my eyes. I, my eyes. My, eye, my eyes ain't safe. I don't know about your eyes. My eyes are not safe. And I know my eyes. My eyes are going to go right up. Oh, God. Can I talk about it? I ain't lying. You know what I'm saying? You go look. Oh, okay. Look up at the ceiling. So fix yourself up. The man want to come home to something nice. Come on, somebody. Listen, and I understand that sometimes, you know, after you've had babies and all that stuff, you might not feel sexy, but your man thinks you are. Hello, somebody. So listen, fix yourself up, look good for the brother when he gets home. Come on, somebody. Listen, I'm not saying you got to go put on a long gown and high heels. Well, you might just need to wear the high heels, but... <laughs> Let me go to this next one. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm saying? Fix yourself up. Brothers, keep yourself looking good. Cut your fingernails. Do something with those crazy looking feet of yours. My God, your feet tearing up the sheets. And then you want to rub up on her nice soft legs with feel like concrete. Rubbing, and she said, Dang, my legs were cut up last night with them old funky feet of yours. Pull the sheets back, got an ash pile. Looking like you've been kicking in flour. And, ha, and Lord, yeah. (laughs) 
Y'all gonna let me preach. <laughs> Y'all didn't realize preaching was comedy. Yeah. Amen. See, uh, you know, laughter do good like a medicine. See, we've been through so much hell. It's good to be in church and laughing and getting the word at the same time. And listen, I am so, let me tell you, I am so grateful and thankful that you let me preach like I want to. That you don't judge me. I ain't going to let you because they laugh too much. You know I had somebody to leave this church because of that? It is a shame, ain't it? You know what I did? I kept laughing. <laughs> See you, boo. <laughs> Wouldn't want to be you. Deuces. <laughs> you have to defend your relationship to your family and friends. Listen, if you keep having to defend somebody, something might be wrong. Let me tell you something about your family. Your family loves you. Now, I know we sometimes got some crazy folk in our family, but some of that stuff ain't crazy. They might be seeing something that you don't sense. Can I say that one more time? They might be seeing something that you don't sense. Sometimes you need to listen to those who are close to you because they love you. I know sometimes you, oh, you, don't, you, you just don't want me to be happy. No, boo. No, no. I want you to be happy. It's just that he's not the one or she's not the one. Amen. And so maybe we might need to change our approach on how we how we do it. But don't stop doing it because they need to hear it. But if you find yourself always having to defend a person, you may need to step back and reevaluate the relationship. Amen. All right. Just just three more. I'm sorry. I've, I've kept you guys too long. Y'all laugh too much. Check this one out. Nitpicking and criticism, even if said and just are constants in the relationship. If you got somebody that's constantly nitpicking at you, you don't ever do this. You always do that. Blah, 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 blah. Why can't you do this? Why can't you do that? And you don't ever hear an encouraging word or a word of affirmation. You know, that relationship is going to drain you. It's going to drain you. At, at some point, you, you, you're going to get exhausted or get depressed because everybody, listen to me close, everybody wants to be affirmed. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how anointed you think you are. I don't care if you speak in tongues for 24 hours a day. You still want to be affirmed. Everybody wants to be appreciated. Amen? If you are in a relationship where there's no appreciation, and then they use stuff to hype themselves up, and they say, oh, I was just playing. No, you ain't playing, bro. You said that 50 times. At some point, that's what's in your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart? No, you ain't lying. That's what you feel. All right, let me go to the next one. Y'all didn't like that one. Y'all stopped laughing. <laughs> you don't make any of the big relationship decisions. That person tells you where to go, when to go, who you're going to go with, and you probably only go with his friends. Or you probably only go with her friends. But why you don't ever want to go around my family? Oh, you know, I... If they can't go around your family, it's a flag. You're going to get robbed by that relationship because they're, they're taking you away from the people who loves you and they can look through that rascal. That's why I tell the single ladies, if, if you're going to date somebody in this church and you're a member, if you're, if you're a partner in this church, bring that rascal here. Because trust me, I, I, I came from the ghetto. I can see right through a person. You can't tell me, I don't want, I don't care how long they go to church, how often they go to church. I don't care nothing about that mess. That don't mean nothing to me. I just want to hang out with you. I'll find out if you're real or not. Because I'll ask you some probing questions. And you can't lie to a rascal off of the streets because he'll see right through it. Now, if I've been pastor all my life, you can tell me some, some fruity stuff. And I go, ooh, you just. <laughs> but no, the fruity don't do it with me. You're going to have to get good and real. And I'm going to ask you some stuff, and I'm going to find out who you really are, right? And I'll let, the, I'll let the female know, no, that no, baby, there's something wrong with him. And I ain't trying to be all discerning and, and prophesy to you. He got a problem. <laughs> Hello? Right? You don't have to get all spiritual with folks. You just said, no, he got a problem. Oh, well, Pastor, you know what? I don't know what the problem is. I know that brother got a problem. <laughs> you asked me to give you my feedback. That's my feedback. You got a problem. Hello. So listen, that's good. That's good. And the brothers in this church, they will check that rascal too, won't you, fellas? Now listen, let me ask you something. If Caitlin came up in here with a guy, what would you do, guys? You guys going to roll up on him. <laughs> and guess what? 
That's what you should do. Just roll up. Hey, man, how you doing? You with Caitlin? Who are you? <laughs> What's your name? You, where you work? Hey, man, how long you been on your job? <laughs> Praise God. You been to college? <laughs> oh, man, you got your degree? Praise God. What are your ambitions? What are you going to be doing in the next five years? <laughs> that brother be like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me give y'all the last one. I ain't lying, I know y'all, I heard somebody's stomach just now. Your companion controls who you see and what you do. If you got that much control in that relationship, you're probably being robbed. Now, like I said, this is the practical piece of the message. You might know somebody might be stuck in a relationship like this. First of all, I just need you to pray for them. Pray that God gives you discernment and opens a door, a door that you might be able to speak to them. If you're in a relationship like that, then we need to pray for you. Amen. That not only will the relationship change or you get discernment to where you know how to get out. Now, listen, I'm not one of them pastors that you got to just stay with folks just because you're with them. I ain't one of those at all. You need to know who you need to be with. That's your job. That ain't my job. It is not my job to tell you to stay with somebody. It's my job to discern if something is not right and not healthy, you got to make those decisions. Hello? And they are hard decisions. They are tough decisions, but those are decisions that me and Pastor Lane, that is not for us to do. Those are your decisions. We can't fix anybody's marriage, but we can give you tools. You can fix your own. We got to work on our own marriage. We can't work on yours. Amen? Was this helpful? Come on and give him a praise in Jesus' name. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.